everybody. <laughs> Spoiler alert, and uh, just just in case, uh, because we're going over it, there's a trigger warning for self-harm. Yes. Because that'll probably come up. Uh, yes. Okay, so... Last night happened. Um, well, for us, it happened two weeks two ago. Two weeks and a half ago. <laughs> ago. Yeah. Um, it's we been had, a minute. We've had time to process, have you? Yeah. <laughs> um, stuff happened. Yes. A lot of stuff happened. Okay, um, so, it's, so we should back up. Um, uh, our little party had encountered the Alhoon. Who got in their little himbo brains? Himbo and, himbo and twink brains. Yes, and because <laughs> really one of the himbos of, did not. <laughs> yeah, uh, and uh, sort of uh, gave everybody their first existential. Cri- I say everybody, mm-hmm. Robin, uh, their first existential crisis. <laughs> um, so the start of episode twelve finds us just after that after we've gotten basically safely out of the sphere of influence and everybody but before we've reached the town sort of this critical uh liminal space between that encounter and the safety of town and it opens with uh jack pulling finland aside to pitch the plan the plan the plan Oh. oh, am I am I on that side today? Is that what I it don't is? know where you are. You're, you're technically there. I'm for over me. here. Oh, see, yes, Tanya, you're right. the The way you were pointing yeah. was correct. Yes, yes. Monica's right day. there for me, and then um, Tanya's right there. It's because so it mirrors me. So I I I am mirrored for myself. Okay. So where I point point the op- the opposite is how it goes. I'm just gonna be like, this is Amelie. Yes. This is Monica. Yes. Okay, perfect, because that's yeah. what it is for me. Yay! Okay, so... Oh um, so, yeah, because... Uh, Jack was absolutely in shock. Jack was absolutely in shock. Um, between... Uh, between how she is built and some magic, um, she was actually... She went from death rolls to fully healed and able to do another encounter in a matter of 30 minutes Mm -hmm. just done um like actually no by the end of the encounter she was fully healed i was gonna say i think it was a couple minutes yeah it was a couple minutes it wasn't even like 30 minutes she was fully healed uh by the end of the encounter which she's not I, I I built her to not be magical. She she's not magical. She is just really rough and tumble. She's a tank. Um but she's never had to beat the tank before. And so uh in in her um protectiveness and in her shock, she just goes, I'm not dealing with variables anymore i can't do these variables it's not going to work for me um because the the constant that i could count on my best friend i couldn't count on for some reason and so she says she she brings finland aside and she just says hey i can't I, I think that we need to go back to town, shower, bathe, get this this get this event off of us, and then we gotta leave the non-combatants behind. Yeah. So it was basically this big discussion where the outcome was we are we are approaching fighting something that we know we a know we are at, like outclassed. And B, no, is because this has become our quest. It's, it is on us and maybe some help, but like on us to defeat it because nobody else knows that it exists. Um, and, and so there was this whole, we can't, 
there's a fear of going into a big encounter with especially Robin, who is very Black much doesn't know how to look at anything like a battlefield. Like everything is an interesting new experience. Uh, you know, it's that very hedonistic um, impulse control uh, where it's just very in the moment, but not understanding the landscape of what's happening. And I think both Jack and Finlan felt like in the uh, encounter with the troll slash Alhoon, um, that it was a liability. Um, and so there was this discussion. And then of course, during that same encounter, um, when every, when everybody, but Jack was experiencing the oppressive fear, um, that, you know, the, the pall of the Alhoon was casting on everybody except Jack. Except Jack. Um, Aster basically curls up in a fetal position and is crying. Cast one spell. Aster got the butt end of the thing for the whole time. Yeah. I failed all of my rolls for everything that session. Yeah. (laughs) But it works like horrible rolls for everything except for initiative. Yeah. I go first, but I do nothing. (laughs) I was like, I go first? Oh, I'm still scared? Well, fuck. What am I gonna do? Yeah, I, I, I continue to be scared. Um, yeah, and I'm just really proud that I rolled well for once. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was very balanced that time. Usually, my dice roll like pretty <laughs> really good. This time, it was a little this, a little that. But so we we're basically going into town now, where you know it's the safety of town. Everybody's like relieved and whatever. And now Jack and Finland are like. We're, we've got to take it upon ourselves because we've decided that we are the leaders because we are soldiers, ergo, we are the leaders of this group, uh, that we are going to tell Aster and Robin that they have to stay home. Uh, and uh, Jack tasks Finn with breaking the news to Robin. Uh, Which, admittedly, she she knew at that time was, like, she was just like, I... I- not a good idea. <laughs> if Robin looks up at me with those big kitty eyes, right. I'm done. <laughs> right. And like she had watched Finland yell at Robin earlier. And so like Jack's just thinking, okay, this is gonna be easy for Finland. Because Finland's already upset. Right. She'll just Robin. yell at the cat until the cat goes away. <laughs> yeah. And so like that way, you know. Jack doesn't have to be the bad guy. Like, Jack was definitely trying not to be the bad guy. And she, she she's not proud of it. But that's how it went. <laughs> so, in when Finland does talk to um, you guys, I did a recording last night where my hair was, like, permed, like, 80s perms. Uh, and so it is this morning it is struggling with gravity um so because well, you definitely took a shower uh within 24 hours um that therefore disabling the ammonium thygoclate <laughs> right my mom actually made a funny <laughs> point core, thank you when i was oh, when i was remaking all of the ooc or like i'm starting to remake all of them my mom was like you know tanya's had a different hairstyle every episode and I was like, "You right?" <laughs> it's true. Um, so Finland goes to have this discussion with Robin, and the thing is, is that Finland also is real shook by the encounter because Finland a does not understand why she was compelled to run away and compelled to stay away. Um, especially when her best friend was like literally having the life beat out of her, you know? Um, and then of course we'll get into everybody's fears, which we find a bit out in episode 12, right? Um, that's sitting with her. And so she's not really in a, in the headspace to have this conversation with Robin and is sort of just hoping that like, the obviousness of it will also occur to Robin, 
Like, I'm just going to say, hey, we're going to have a big fight and you're not a fighter. So dot, dot, dot. Right. And of course, Robin's response is, I'll learn to be a fighter. Like, that's it's like, right? but, but teach me. I was like, you can learn after. Right. It's like one of those things. It's like, yeah, you can learn. It's just we don't know if you can hit like if the knowledge, the minimal knowledge that you have actually would help you in this big fight kind of right? thing. Because there's knowing enough to get you in trouble, right? And I feel like we're not even there. Mm -hmm. And so Finland is totally struggling because it's like, isn't it obvious to you? <laughs> um, and of course, Robin is pushing back because Robin doesn't want to be left out because Robin, again, that, that sort of hedonistic impulse to explore the world and experience all these things and not really comprehending danger um and also the wanting to be wherever jack is is well and and not to put words in robin's mouth or anything but like also robin sees themselves as an integral part of the of the party right um and does not comprehend why they would they wouldn't be considered helpful right. to the and community. that's and of course that's what robin keeps is like but i'm healing like it was me pax, I, pax is in I chat by that. the way as well so what pax is in chat right now as well oh hi pax mm -hmm. um and they, so, they agreed right, and, that's, <laughs> and that's robin is is you know but i but i healed jack i was the one that was there and that's where finn just sort of loses it right because this really shaky foundation that finn is standing on right now is basically is super fragile and the things that are in her head have to do with her failing uh, failing to be there failing to do the thing that she has literally been training her you know most of her life for that she is on Aza to prepare herself for for the rest of her life is to be a good soldier is to be there to fight the good fight to save people who need saving you know um and then in this moment it inexplicably didn't happen and so unbeknownst to Robin of course Robin is picking all the right words that are poking Finn right in that eggshell <laughs> and uh it just cracks right and of course finland just finland's way of dealing with anything that gets to be too much is to literally just walk away right so like you'll notice this this is like the third or fourth time i think that it's happened where something got to be too much or like finland just didn't want to have that conversation anymore and so she literally just walks away like not saying anything that's so that's my mom solution. said um uh, that's one thing that annoyed me too is that Robin's only mindset was that they healed Jack and didn't realize they put others in danger. Yeah, which is like what Finn's trying to like get do to. not you know, right? And so there's this whole what we have here is a failure to communicate. And the thing is is that Robin is right. Robin is an integral part of of this group. And Finland and, and to be fair, like this is not the um, well-oiled, uh, like, little centurion right. that, right. uh, Fen and that. Jack are, are, are trained to work with. Right. Um, so, like, e even they are out of their depth, really. And right. so a, a lot of this is also kind of taking it out on at least for jack uh ta taking their insecurity out on the thing that they can't control uh. <laughs> um, yeah and uh i i i i'm yeah i'm i'm defending to rush my uh, to, I'm, I'm rushing to defend my uh paramour a little bit mm -hmm. um because yeah it absolutely robin is necessary on this team they've made mistakes jack's made mistakes you know finn's made mistakes we've all made mistakes and that's a part of being on a team that work that takes these steps together um is you're gonna butt heads you're gonna someone's gonna screw up and other people are gonna step up for it um 
And like fr from the get, when I realized that Jack is going to want to leave the non-combatants behind, that was never what I knew as a player, as a person who works in community with others, knew to be the right thing to do. So. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, I totally, so again, I want to point to the, um, so first of all, people should know that as soon as episode 11 ended, Amelie texted me and was like, I know, I know what Jack's next move is going to be, and said, you know, was like, we have, it's going to be leave the non-combatants, and I was like, honestly, that's the headspace that Fen's into, and again, it has nothing to do with how realistically it was that these characters are contributing or not contributing. It all boils down to how insecure Jack and Fenlin are feeling. And that to gain back that feeling of having some control, you you exert control on others, and this is how it manifested. And so w when we talked about that, we were go like, therapy, kids. Right, go to just go to therapy. Um, do I mean so, it was the same um, thing for me? I was like, I knew exactly what Astro was going to do next after we finished episode eleven. And it's funny because I know Sarah was like, oh, we'll introduce your new character at the next arc. And I was like, I mean, things happen, though. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. and, and you posted that in the chat. Like, and I, um, I just want to say, like, again, I was really proud of all of us for, like, in real time, helping each other process this. <laughs> Through the oh, chat. Yeah, so I should say not only did after so after episode eleven, when after Amelie had texted me and I replied with like, yeah, like this is totally where these two characters are gonna be, I was like, we have to let Sarah know. Like this is a thing where we like cannot so there is a hold something back because you like it's going to be good story-wise. And there is a this is such a big bomb that you are gonna drop on the group that it is unfair to not give them a heads up and so decided that that was a thing that the group should know was coming but we were then nobody talk about it know that it's coming but nobody talk about how they're how they're going to do it or how they're going to respond to it to keep that natural and then when we were in the thick of it when we were in in episode 12 and for those of you and i hope that you've watched it if you're watching this and you watch that because spoilers it's right to spoilers it, they know they're getting into it gets this really <laughs> intense. Um, we we were all in our chat constantly checking in with each other. Um, so that's the thing. You might see us, you know, periodically looking down, right, or like reaching over wherever anybody is. And those are those moments where we are literally pretty constantly throughout that episode checking in with each other. Um, and like oops i guess this would be a good time for amelie to talk about the uh where when the story goes somewhere you didn't expect to go and oh. it ends up being a triggery kind of moment and you had to like it's we're moving and there was like texting like uh oh shit this is where it's going everybody like um yeah well, well, real ahead. fast before we do that, uh, Pax did have a question for Tanya. Uh, okay. Does Fenlin not understand that the healing was magic? Uh, like, does Fenlin not know magic exists? Oh was no! Uh, so we uh, uh, Minotaurs absolutely have magic, and absolutely understand that there is ma there is magical healing out there. Even though what Fenlin knows is uh, is combat medicine. Oh, not right? healing the fear. Oh, not feel if not feeling fear the, is the, magic. No, the not the healing magic, the fear. Like, oh, that the, the fear, fear was magic. Does, does, does Fenlin understand that the fear was magically uh, triggered and not? Yeah. So, in episode twelve, when she's talking to Evard, right, which is her boss at the um, uh, at the firehouse at the fire brigade, um, she actually says like she's she's aware that the Alhoun is was in people's heads and was really messing with them but what she doesn't know because just you can't just go oh it was magic ergo not real because that's not how magic works in the world 
magic absolutely builds itself around reality. So when you see this fear, when you see this thing that is so frightening to you, you know, that we experience and that, um, uh, you know, Axper experienced to the nth degree, you don't know. Aster saw nothing until you guys burned the tr burned it like burn it was like a troll right yeah 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 until until you guys burned the troll aster had no idea what it was aster right and just, that's it was like infinite loop of aster's worst fear until then. right and you don't know because is that magic tapping into a subconscious fear and then making it real right even though it isn't or is that magic tapping into something real, like something you know deep down is true, is a very real thing. Um, and that's what that's what Finland does not know. Is this thing that she saw made up? Um, because the magic sees that she has this childhood trauma, or is this thing that like she like a repressed seen, memory? Like a repressed memory. And how do you know? Just you can't say, oh, it's magic. And like, because you literally cannot know. Just yeah. because it's in your head doesn't mean no, it's not real. That's, right. that's pretty much my reasoning behind having Aster leave. Because one, they had no idea it was a, was a troll doing shit. And the whole mm -hmm. time Aster's like thinking what her their worst fear was is actually happening. Which is why they went to the Feywild uh, to check on things, to make sure that it was not real and yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Where and, was I going before that? Uh, we're to, going about Jack. Yeah, to, to places that we didn't oh. realize were going to happen um, and checking in on each other and blah, 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 blah. Uh, not blah, blah, blah. Not yada, yada. And. Um, so, I uh, I was not planning for Jack to deal with this. Like this, this was definitely going to be something that Jack was going to be dealing with by not dealing with it and just keep moving forward. Next step, next step, next step. But then when uh, I rolled that she didn't see Fenlin breaking down in the park. Um, she suddenly was alone for however long it took for Fen to talk to Evard. And I was like, okay, well then, what's going on? Mm. You know, what is she doing? What is, what is Jack doing? Um, and I was like, oh, this is when the shock wears off. Mm. This is when, you know, the dissociation stops and she comes back into her body um, and her body's been through a lot uh, and so going from that her body is a tool that gets the next job done to oh my god my body was dead you know um because, like, and, and she actually does ask Finn. She's like, did I die? And, like, I think that Finn couldn't accept that she might have died. I think um, Finn, yeah, for Finn, it got too close. And that's all that Finn is willing to admit is that it was close. And so, but Jack is very sure that what she experienced was death. Um, but that's so incomprehensible to her again this like, is not me metagaming but a hundred percent i feel like jack should talk to whistler because whistler <laughs> experienced the same thing oh yeah. I, that brings up a point that i wanted to <laughs> ask though so whistler talks to um the oh i don't God. he is not the, the discord no, i not don't know uh, it's the guardian at at the temple though he is oh, not right. listed on the discord so i've no okay, idea but that, yeah <laughs> Oh, okay, um, somebody list it. Whistler could talk to somebody, right? Uh, Finland talked to Everd, but Jack never really gets to talk to anybody because Finn comes back and is basically ah. like, Sorry, I keep on. moving shit, 
right? Um, yeah. And so Jack never gets that... That processing time. That process, yeah. And so, yeah, all of Jack... And because of that, Jack's processing does turn self-destructive. Um, and I have to make a decision on how that's going to keep playing. If that's going to keep playing out, how that's going to keep playing out. Like, does she dissociate again? Does she uh, stay in does her body? become a thing that... Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I, uh, okay, again, y'all, trigger warning, I, it, I'm i going to be talking about self-harm. Um, so one of the ways that I self-harm is uh, I've, I've stopped doing the active, like, hurting myself uh, with um, implements, uh, with tools, uh, but rather if I am injured in some sort of way, like, right now I've got, you know, little scratches on my arm from my cat because cats scratch you. And, uh, but um, one thing that I'll do is I keep picking at the scab. Um, and uh, yeah, that is absolutely a form of self-harm. And so I made the decision that, yeah, that's what Jack's going to do. Um, Jack is coming back into her body and in that process is realizing what happened to her body. Right. Um, and so... I think that uh, there's a thing, I'm going to get weirdly psychological. I think yeah, that there's a moment um, as as a past self-harmer, um, um, we, that when you, when you fully onboard the idea of how fragile your body is, right? you play with that line a lot um, because you want to keep like on a subconscious level proving to yourself that you can take it, that you are going to survive the, these injuries. Right. Um, and that it's, but you, you're not thinking about it that way. That is very much in the back of your head. And I think story-wise that's, a lot of of what we saw in that moment with with Jack is that realization of fragility. And I mean, this is a half orc who is who is hell bent on being a defender of the world, really realizing their own fragility. And that was such a I've got goosebumps now thinking about it. Like it was such a goosebump moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. It. I mean, I'm, I'm still, you can watch me. I'm self-soothing by like hugging myself. <laughs> um, I got nothing. And, <laughs> I'm like looking, oh, I've got a blanket over there, but my cat is on it. And so, yeah. uh, but um, I am okay. Uh, so if anyone's worried, I, I am okay. I'm, I'm doing this. I know what I'm doing. Uh, and I'm in therapy. I've got therapy tomorrow. Uh, but... <laughs> Um, so yeah, and, um, so I did decide to put that aspect of myself into Jack, um, because that's how I knew I could write the story. Uh, and so when, when Finn comes in and it, it, it was, it was unfair of Jack to try and process things with Finn because Finn was still going through her own trauma. Um, but again, in real life, you wouldn't know, like, that's not a thing. You would cling to the thing you well, and are Jack, close to. Yeah. Jack My mom says big me. mom hug. That's what she says in chat. Uh, <laughs> um, and, like, it, to, to, I, I, I really feel for, uh, Finn and Jack because like their trauma bonding they could easily become codependent at this point and yeah. it's it's gonna have to be like something that we work on like that they we decide that the characters are actively going to work on right. to not become codependent because like the moment I've that about, said, I've been thinking about it too because I was like we have set it up to be us becoming very dependent on each other and there being a very unhealthy relationship with Robin stuck in the middle. Well, and also, 
Um, like the moment that Finn said, I'm never not going to uh, be with you again. Right. Like my first thought, and I, ha- I haven't decided if it's Jack's first thought yet, is, but what about when Jack goes home? Yeah. Are you going to come live with the orcs? Right. Like. Yeah, no, I don't think, and Finn's not even like, that's not even yeah. a, clearly you're coming home with me. <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's it's just not a thought. It's just that is so much playing into this primal fear that is was not there before. But now this, this sort of nascent, I couldn't be there then, ergo, I must never not be there in future to make up for this thing that I had no control over. Um his brains man brains so i i actually i've got a question for you guys okay how how would your characters react if on your way to the next portal you met somebody that you've never met before like because you guys have just had this whole thing where it's like non-combatants stay home what if you yep like and you guys were to meet a new person that's just there and the one new person we have met is (laughs) kinky right the one like the one new person we're like talk to some is not even from here talks to people we can't see like we don't even know what's up and we had this because you guys like i'm not even joking when i when i tell you that we were all shook after recording episode 12 like all shook um and it was like 10 minutes after we had stopped recording and everybody had like checked in everybody's okay like does anybody need to talk? And I was like, I'm fine, just gonna get the water and whatever thing. And I think it was Amelie or whatever. No, maybe it was Attica. I like texted and was like, oh shit, I just realized this might be a bad time to bring in a new character. And we were like, oh yeah. That's exactly what I did because I was like, hey guys. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I don't know because there's this here, here's here's where brains and reactions to trauma and stuff gets real fun when you're playing with it. Um, <laughs> is that an out something outside is something new, and it keeps me from having to think about something else. Right? I can now turn my attention to sorting out this new thing that has nothing to do with this old thing that I very much do not want to be thinking about, right? And so I think a a new character poses multiple layers where it's like, you're going to be sussing out. Do I trust this, this character? Is this character compatible, capable, like whatever, but whatever it is, it's a new thing that you're, you're concentrating on. Yeah, and I think that um, Finn and Jack are gonna have some very different, uh, at, like, approaches to it all. Like, Jack is just gonna be like, especially because, um, not, uh, I, I, I don't consider this a spoiler. I think it's a teaser. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you, you've told us that. I'm sorry. It's an exclusive. Yeah, it's honestly, fun. yeah. Uh, so this character is chaotic. Yes, technically. Like, <laughs> to an extent. Does not fit into what Jack wants to see happen right now. Like, Jack... Jack may just get uh, a little bit... Um, autocratic. A little bit. Like, the, the, the dark side of the lawful good. Um... But I also, but like, when I I did message everybody as well in chat saying that, yes, you guys have seen this character as well around town. So she is not completely unknown like Xerath is. She has that where she is kind of familiar to you guys as well. Unlike Xerath, who's just some random guy who showed up. (laughs) So there is also that to it as well. Jack Jack vaguely trusts only because, you know, (laughs) I'm a lovely player. Um... But uh, yeah, it's cute. It's cute. Um, Dude, I just remembered Aster's the one who made the deal with Zareth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we have no shit. Two, so... <laughs> well, and Robin whoops. has the whole like friendship pact thing. Mm-hmm. Which... Oh, yeah. That, that like is Zareth doesn't understand. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really fun. Like, I, I purposely to 
to get off track a little bit on this segway train, um, seg train coaster, uh, it, it like trying not to meta because I know so much about Zareth's backstory is right. Really interesting. That's like um, my mom doesn't even know my new character's backstory. The only yeah. person who knows is Lars. Because uh, like, Lars I and I, I love talking about talk. characters together, so that's why I told him my character's backstory. We love, talk we love developing characters. Watch the previous. The yeah. yeah, Lars uh, loves it, too. We, we and, should get Lars in here sometime to talk about characters. Uh, <laughs> He's in and, school, and so... Was, I was not a part of Zareth's building. <clears throat> However, I was a sounding board for right. Zareth's building. And... Uh, it was I, I kept like trying to think, okay, so how is how is Jack gonna react? How is Jack gonna react? Um and I don't know, like I, I, I think Jack still has no idea what to do with this guy. Um and I think but, none of us do, but it's like yeah. a you have knowledge about an enemy that we don't have. And how do we... I can't also, say anything. I also Zara <laughs> Zareth clearly has a military character. background, and <clears throat> therefore Jack has has reasonable expectations to know what Zareth will do. Mm. You know, like no matter what his actual like uh, prerogative is, like okay, she knows that Zareth will follow orders of his commanding officer. Now, so so therefore, she doesn't have to worry about him. She has to worry about his commanding officer. And but right now, the commanding officer's orders are kill the bad guy. And so, hey, that's right. this thing. Um, so that's that's where she is on that. What she's going to do with a chaotic creature that <laughs> that's not chaotic like Whistler, probably a different yeah. kind of chaotic. Because <laughs> Whistler's like, chaotic good, but it'll probably it's a completely ca different kind of chaotic good, probably. Well, and, and like Whistler is chaotic good, but in that paladin sense, yeah, chaotic good in the direction of good, make me the bad guy. Yeah, right. Um, I will do anything to beat the bad guy. Uh, and so again, like Jack, Jack knows how to how to direct that. Um, so even even being vaguely familiar with who this character is cuz again like Jack's Jack Jack is in there 8 weeks out of the year you know yeah um and they're not there that often either she she comes drops yeah. off shit and then leaves it's entirely possible it is entirely possible that like they've met yeah. twice or never honestly <laughs> you know because Finland's only been in town for like at this point three months, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm just like I'm probably it'll probably be that Whistler knows who this per like has seen this person and that. Oh is great! It. So Whistler has to be the one to communicate to us. Well, not even like just have seen that. them and been like, oh, I this person like kind of lives here, sort of, but not really. Like they just show up, like they bring fish. <laughs> That's well, I can see where a Kenku would be all over them. all over fish. <laughs> oh, you know what? And and uh, so now y'all get to see some of my character processing. So uh, you had brought up that uh, the that your character is a fisher. Um, we've talked previously about how um, orcs provide the uh, swine hair that that. Minotaurs, minotaurs use to make this waterproof rope. Yeah. Um, so it's possible that we're all connected that way with a rope. That's funny. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Uh, but at the same time, it's still entirely possible that if we decide that we've met before, it will have been a decision. That's mm -hmm. a yeah. meta decision that we have yeah. to make. Um, That's why I was like, "There's a chance that you guys have met this character because they are a f they fish even and after. stuff." Yeah. 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 So I would like to get with you after like, <laughs> and make this decision. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably because we record this mm -hmm. Sunday. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. Oh. I'm still like I'm still coming up with stuff because I had already decided that 
they're they're an arcane trickster and i was like i'm still messaging because i want to multi-class as something and i'm like i'm messaging sarah and i'm like because lars loves coming to me and talking about characters and stuff and he's like been telling me about multi-classes i can do with rogue and i'm like god damn it lars why are you doing this to me <laughs> Why well, I have to tell you guys, so I'm gonna be running. I'm gonna be running a campaign for like friends and family. So uh, Annika knows this. I, I think I told the group because it just cracked me up. Because I'm like, D and D has so many classes, subclasses, multi-classes, gestalt characters. Like there is a plethora of choices out there, and yet three of my five players came to me and were like. I'd like to play a uh, Hexblade Sorcerer. <laughs> like, all D&D available to you. And that's what you... Okay. Well, then I said, I'll be the Hexblade. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'll be the Hexblade. I was like, sold. I'll be, I'll be, so, I'll be Deacon, right? From uh, Amnesty. Beacon, beacon yeah. from Amnesty. <laughs> um, so... Um, since we are, like, in the 20-minute mark, I want to bring the Zegtrain coaster back into the... <laughs> like sorry back up um this so to talk about i want to talk about creating an episode like this that <laughs> my mom is... said tabaxi rogue <laughs> is beth on this is beth there is she talking to you <laughs> i told my I mom swear. about that yesterday oh, like yeah, when, when you told me about it i told her about it a while ago because it was funny um <laughs> yeah, my sister and tabaxi rogues so um <laughs> Sorry, go, uh, we'll go back. Yeah, no. So I want to talk about, because this is not, when people play for fun at a table, you know, with their friends and whatever, it is very unusual for a story to come to a, it's, uh, it's very unusual for this kind of event to happen, right? This, this where very few dice rolls were made and those dice rolls had to do with things like did you notice the person standing behind you when you were having your nervous breakdown right um uh i would say in my whole gaming career that is this is probably like the third time of having a really serious emotional gameplay um, the first one I had, I actually left the gaming table to go outside and cry, like have a cry the first time it happened, but it is not common. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about what it feels like being a gamer, doing this for public consumption and doing something so very raw and emotional. So if people, I mean, I know I have thoughts on it, but I wanted to kind of pitch that out there um how is this different and what was it like being in the thick of it 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 is hard and i um like i so something that i i struggle with sometimes um as a as a person and not necessarily not just a player not just a uh, presenter is that um, I I have a very well crafted uh, persona. Um, so like there are lots of people who yes yes you do know me, um, but at the same time like you don't get to necessarily see those weak parts of me. Um, I I put I am very careful about which weak parts I put out there. Um, so yes. I, I tell y'all, I have mental illness, I have anxiety, I have depression. Um, but there are parts of me that I don't talk about. Um, and so then having uh, it, crying on screen and having it not just be because my character is upset, because I'm upset, was... Um, something that I was balancing in real time and uh, I appreciate y'all being uh, uh, I, I'm very 
glad that y'all are very much a consent, that we are a consent-based group that says what you will give to us, we will take and we will not push further. I, I agree. So I, interestingly, when, when I was doing the scenes where I was fiddling, right. And I was in the middle of it. It was my theater brain. Like it was all like character based improv work going on in my head. And I was invested in the character creating that story, but I was, um, but I had that whole, I don't know, like, I mean, all actors like approach things a little differently, but I like, I both simultaneously exist as a character and I'm watching this character through a camera kind of thing. And so, <clears throat> but largely I, you know, in those moments, I'm invested in creating this character's story and rounding out this character and trying to describe what she's doing and feeling in these very full ways or as full as I'm able to articulate at any time. Um, and so in, in my scenes, and I'm really, cause I haven't gone back to watch the episode yet. Right. Cause I was filming another episode for another show last night. So I haven't seen it yet. I don't know how I'm going to react to actually seeing them. The places where I was very emotional was watching other characters glad you guys didn't make me cry because my face would have burned and i said that in the episode and i was like thank you (laughs) i said it like during the episode and and i was like i was watching that part with my mom and i was like mom you've seen my eyes burn before when this happened so i'm glad they didn't do it (laughs) Um, yeah um yes and uh, also tanya at the same time like you know they say write what you know and that that is also a large part of improv and so that's where i got caught was because i was writing what i know and also acting it out yeah no it's a a fine line like clearly like i know from being me especially younger me and being the kind of person who was had big emotions and no had not yet figured out the tools for for expressing those emotions or coping with those emotions or, you know, using those emotions to, to work through any understanding them. Yeah. Right. And so I'm thinking about that, like where was basically, where was college age Tanya? And this is the kind of thing where she would have become just like Fenlon. So frustrated with everything. She would just become destructive. Right. Because Beating something up externally is somehow cathartic to beating something up internally. Um, And so that's where I was like, I'm going to use that, you know, that honest, very real thing that I know is the thing that people experience because I myself have experienced. And that's where I feel like that's very true to Fenlon. Um, That uh, because this is, you know, she's you you got anger issues you're sad you're not feeling well well you're taking it outside and you're hitting the pell right like this is how like soldiers train like every day you're out there and you're going to just go take it out out there well what if like what you want to take it out on is you can't hit anything you can't hit the you know individual in front of you you can't hit a thing that's in your head and so Finland's like i'm just gonna break picnic furniture because that seems like it's it's doing something it is definitely um a uh sensory overload sort of thing um and uh it it, temper tantrums like that and uh self-harming like that often have a grounding effect for Uh, the people doing it because it's able to, instead of it being a sensory overload, instead they are in control of the sensory input and output that they are doing. And you'll note in both times in both of those, those events where Finland has her outbursts, right. Um, And when Jack is, is self-harming that there's a moment that they come back to themselves right when there was basically no more furniture left to destroy and Finland just 
falls to the ground well against a tree right um yeah. and is just sobbing and you know for jack it was the Being knock on the door yeah right um where it's suddenly like the real world just comes kind of rushing back in um and that's again where we were talking about comparing the cathartic arcs of the two characters is because when when fenlin finally just falls exhausted there was somebody there to literally pick her up right and literally talk her through it and give her the floor to say everything that she needed to say but with with jack finland's come back from this and is like i'm just tired and want to go to bed like here's a towel here are some clothes like you know like you look fine <laughs> um because you know i need you to be fine yeah look fine and i need you to be fine because right. if because you're not fine one of yeah <laughs> right because yeah. you not being fine will just loop back to the i've let jack down i can't do anything right and so it's just i'm going to literally ignore anything that might give me the impression that jack is not okay and so Monica. yeah there's nobody there to pick jack up and talk to jack yes yeah yes. um so i I've, I've actually been wanting to ask this question for a minute now uh mm -hmm. i want to know what was happening with aster when jack was talking with them oh yeah uh like what do you mean like I know, I know. Jack, Jack's reaction was <clears throat> she was building herself up. She was psyching herself up to, you know, convince Aster to stay home and not go with them. Um, and so when Aster was like, "No, I'm, I'm leaving the group," like the wind was kind of taken out of her sails. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I wanted to know, like, what that uh, entire conversation was like from Aster's point of view. Um, well, since Jack never got to the point and Aster was just like, I'm going, um, I guess Aster probably just assumed that Jack was trying to, like, find ways to comfort Aster, because that was what Jack was trying to do after the fight, too, was just like, do you want me to help you? And that was basically all Aster encountered the whole time was Jack being like, do you need help? Can I do anything to help you? And all that stuff. And so I think Aster just assumed that that was what uh, Jack was trying to do again. And Aster's mind was just like, gotta go home, gotta pack, gotta do it as fast as possible, gotta sleep at some point, and all that stuff. So. <laughs> I find it amusing then about that miscommunication because, like, it, it, it went from Jack trying to, like, choose her words carefully as like okay i i support you in this but like jack's trying to make sure that you know aster's not like stomping off whereas i guess aster then is just assuming that jack is like trying to be like okay you know <laughs> Yeah, that's like Aster really just saw it as like, are you sure that you want to do that kind of thing instead of like trying to get them to not go with them instead, I guess. So. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a little background. Did I say Big Cow energy in episode 12? Is that it? It sounds Maybe. familiar. I don't, I don't know. Remember. I just remember that I said we should make a shirt out of it. Maybe we said that during the OOC last week. Maybe because I'm trying to remember what I said when I was talking to when Fenlon was talking to Robin and she got the like real mad where she like made herself real big and started huffing and I was trying to it's like is that I what don't I remember said? what it was but I remember saying that we should make a shirt of like Fenlon being like yes and it says big cow energy on it <laughs> that's what I thought I about I find it really interesting <clears throat> that, uh, and again, because um, playing with stereotypes and expectations of races and that sort of thing, you know, you've got this big old half orc who, um, like, traditionally half orcs, you know, are gruff and uh, 
like you would expect the half work to be throwing the temper tantrum. Right. Um, Take no but, shit, but give yeah. all the <laughs> yeah. Uh, like yeah it we don't do no harm but take no shit we just take no shit (laughs) um but instead it's the tiny elf who is having all these anger issues and destroying things meanwhile it's the half orc with her knees up to her chest in the bathtub like having the existential like disassociation reassociation Right. Well, it's also it's also interesting because like it's Jack it's Jack who is you know having this pro- progressing relationship with Robin who's shy at the prospect of it you know who is um, you know likes sewing flowers on to repair you know rips and skirts and. Um, and all these things, uh, and yeah, and then there's Fenlin who is like, show no emotion, like, but because this is the case, breakdown, and and I do, I do appreciate it. It is, um, it's a subversion it's, it, that I really enjoy. It's really fun. You, if you, if you were, if if we did not consistently remind you that Jack is a half orc and that Fenlin is not a minotaur. <laughs> right that she is she is i mean she's tall ish she's like she's 5'10 right but she's very light very slender that's still a foot shorter than jack still a foot shorter than jack right um i think you would forget i think you would 100 percent forget that 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 is those are the races because aster's taller than finland aster's like 6'2 yeah. <laughs> well, you so I, so uh, I, oh, I, I didn't realize that. Like, I thought, okay, could I, you know what it was? It was the Upsies. Oh, the, the up- fucking Yeti? Oh, yeah. Upsies yeah. <laughs> with the Yeti. It's even funnier because the Kenku is shorter than Fenlin. Yep. Ergo, much shorter than Aster. Yes. So Upsies was like even more awkward. Oh, yeah. Oh. Um, that's true. I didn't so, think about that one either. I forgot. I forgot Whistler carried Aster as well. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Um, okay. So I- thank you for thank you for bringing that up because uh, I I one hundred percent forgot. And after Upsies took a foot off of. <laughs> nah, Esther's like six feet tall. That's hilarious. Because I, I did say that earlier as well. I said like, that earlier you, well with Robin. Because I was like, I'm like twice as tall as you, Robin, is what Aster had said at one point. Because yeah. I almost am. <laughs> yeah, no, Robin's like... Three foot three six. Foot? Oh, okay. So almost, yeah. Almost. Because <laughs> um, yeah. literally half my size. Yeah, so ha- yeah, definitely half Jack's size. D&D elves are shorter than humans, right? Um, but Lord of the Rings elves are taller than humans i only made aster six feet tall because like basically what i did was i mixed since they were a drag queen i just like missed at mixed aspects of like guys and then aspects of women and put it together which is why he's why they're so tall is because that's like dudes are tall so i made aster tall as fuck (laughs) i i tend to take aspects of the D &D elves and aspects of lord of the ring elves and like (laughs) I mixed because like everything whatever. together and made a character. Whatever. Um, okay, so we are basically at time. So do we want is there anything that anybody wants to ask us or has something they want to say to us? Or is there anything that we want to wrap up on how to make a traumatic episode? Uh so therapy. <laughs> therapy for everybody. Medicare for all and therapy for everybody. Yes. Mental um, health is healthcare. Like mental health care is healthcare. Um <laughs> if you are in the Houston area, Montrose Center offers a sliding scale for uh mental health uh caretaking. Um and I think uh, in Austin it's blue bonnet. I could have the name wrong, but I think that's the name of it. Um, yeah, I could um, look 
Montrose Center is really awesome. Uh, and uh, like I said, they have a sliding scale. And right now um, they are doing telehealth. So it used to be all in person, but it's now telehealth uh, because of COVID. And so um, even if you're way out in the suburbs of Houston, um, looks yeah. directly to their left, uh, uh, it, it is accessible. <laughs> no, it's my right. <laughs> um, um, yeah, so next episode of Yas is going up February 10th. The, we are recording that this Sunday. Yes. Uh, next OOC is on the 4th of February. We're in February soon. Oh my god. <laughs> Already. I'm not, I'm not okay. I'm I haven't not okay. even started making my Sherwood costume. So. I have the fabric. That's it. I do. Uh, yeah, I have fabric. I have most of the fabric. Um, uh, so time is ticking. Um, are we back in January yeah. yet? Like, I'm not ready to admit about February. Can we be back in January now? Yes. We're still in Thank January, you. so you're good. Cool. You got it. Cool. Alright, thank you. <laughs> So, um, yeah, uh, I we think still don't know it, when we're going to stop doing this and take a break from this game. <laughs> it's going to happen. Don't I don't know. Here's here's the thought I would like to end on. <laughs> I think it's not necessary when you're playing, uh, you know, at the table with your friends and family to necessarily take a story and the characters uh, in this kind of arc where they're going to have these very traumatic forging moments. It's not, you know, sometimes you just want to do a dungeon crawl and part of doing the game is blowing off steam with friends. It's not necessary. But if as a DM and as a group, you decide that that is an element that you would like to have ability of having in your, in your collaborative role play experience communicate i feel like we end this we end the the ooc episodes with this so often communicate right we we have a consent sheet uh that all of us fill out um so things like that are very important about what is okay and not okay to talk about what are you know no go places for people um, and if anybody at the table is not comfortable having this kind of traumatic story um inside of their experience then don't don't yeah. do it but yell um, yellow yell yeah. pause yeah uh we talk about yeah we talk about x cards um and, and things like that um in some of our panels <laughs> some of our panels and all of one the of one panel panels. which will be up on patreon soon and then eventually up for the normal consumption eventually um also, Basically, Honey Heist is going up on Sunday. Yay! Our Patreon one shot will be up. Yes. Um, and my mom is in it. Yes. So, um, uh, I'm not. Seg I'm not train either. I just watched it. Seg <laughs> Sorry, train goes. communication. Oh, no, it's fine. Com great. <laughs> is that communicate. Say that this is a thing we would like to have as part of our story. We are okay with our characters having some traumatic experience but i don't want this traumatic experience to be i was kidnapped by a spider or a rape scenario or like whatever talk about it as a group to build the structure around which it can happen safely for everybody safely mentally and then keep checking in when when it happens but again if you just want to have a good old-fashioned dungeon crawl that's fine too yeah. I love them too. Go beat things with a stick. Uh, yeah, I love to beat things with I'm a stick. I'm excited. Tragic backstories. Sorry. Tragic I love backstories. tragic backstories. That's why I made a tragic backstory for my new character. Aster's backstory was just like, eh, here's stuff I'm going to throw in here. I've worked so hard on this new character. <laughs> That's why I like I like Jack's. Jack's like, I got a happy home life. Everything's good. Yep. <laughs> Just wait. Until Just back. wait till backstory shows up for my character. Just wait. It'll be great. We should have like a tragic backstory off. Like, uh, yeah, but. Bring Teslin. It's like, yep, yeah, yeah, but. No, I meant like if we're doing that within like the, the, the Emerald Wheel people, I mean. <laughs> 
no, no, no. I'm bringing in. I'm bringing in my I just Star have Trek to point out what's happening. Best that people are like being eaten by the phage <laughs> or something. So I'm pretty sure, like hands down, that's terrible. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And I made Wait, fun of her. <laughs> and Aster made fun of her. <laughs> so. Oh. No, my oh. cat's sleeping. I would... Oh, he's not. He's licking himself. <laughs> he's not showing his butt this time, though. My dogs are asleep, but they're not anywhere I can show you. <laughs> okay, well, we hope you guys enjoyed this lovely episode of the OOC. Uh, Nightbot muted my mom by accident because she sent a link through the chat. Oops. Uh, it's like what happened to Pax. Feel bad. Uh, don't send links in our chat. <laughs> moral of the story I feel bad um yeah but bye thank everybody you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for joining us on yes. this episode of the OOC and we will see you next Thursday where we talk about something we haven't decided yet yes convention goodbye. culture I think is on the docket somewhere we'll find out. goodbye everybody Hey, what do you want to hear from? What topics do you yeah, want to hear from us? Tell us the topic you want us to talk about. Please yes. help us. <laughs> yeah, we'll just keep like repeating stuff. And then eventually we'll only do the OOC like the week that we, the week after, like the day after eventually when we run out of stuff. And then we'll just be doing that. I Nobody like wants that. we're going to run out of stuff. Probably. <laughs> I could, Kay. we could have a whole episode on just like elves. That's true. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody.